This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic of the Common Man podcast. While other film podcasts might steal Wi-Fi, we know to at least have a drink in that Wi-Fi's honor. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. Glorious Wi-Fi. Um, I am your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films from my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks, and I'm a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association, as well as the International Film Society Critics. You can hear me guest on other pods. The Dave with the List of Podcasting. I am joined by my brother and common man co-host, a man who demands late night steak ramen for his child, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm not doing all right. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's all the and all you the. Got it. I would demand it for myself. <laughs> man, you want to talk about wanting steak ramen after that scene? You're just like, man, steak ramen looks solid. <laughs> and like, I would think to myself, man, cooking a steak is not a small thing. It's not something I could just whip up. But man, they sure made it work. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's like, oh, they're 18 minutes away or something like that. And I'm like, you cooked a fucking steak. And- <laughs> it looked looked great, like really impressive. Um, so we are we're in the last episode for the month of January before we get to our February miniseries. And uh, the Oscar nominations were last week. So I thought this would be a good time to talk about one of the uh, maybe one of the most unexpected yet pleasantly surprised of uh, the best picture winners. And that's for that's the movie Parasite. Um, one, uh, before we get into this, Jake, are you Korean by chance? Am I Korean? Yes. Are you Korean? Uh, I mean, you can think about it if you want. I mean, I personally am not. No. no. Okay. So since we I don't, not- as far as I know, <laughs> and being that you're my 100% biological <laughs> brother, then if you're not, then I'm going to assume I'm not. Okay, so, so we'll we'll preface that by we're going to try our absolute best to say the names and and families and all that kind of stuff. We are not Korean. We do not speak Korean. I am sorry if I butcher something, but we're going to try our absolute best. Um, so anyway, we're talking about Parasite from director Bon Joon-ho, uh, written by Bon Joon-ho and ha, uh, Han Jin-won, starring Song Kang-ho, Choi Woo-sik, uh, Park Sodam and Jang Hai Jin, co-starring uh, Lee Sun Kyun, Cho Young Jung, Lee Jung Yun, and Park Myung Hon. I hope that's that's as best as I can. Anyway, that's the cast. I, I'm sure I did. I'm <laughs> sorry, everybody. But uh, obviously, the the names of Korean names are way different than obviously American names. The last names are first, and the last names are the 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 how you would talk to somebody who's like, oh, this is Kang Ho, and his last name is Song, but obviously the first last name comes first. Anyway, that's the cast. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Anyway, so open, uh, this opened back on May 21st, 2019 at the Canada International Film Festival, went wide on October 11th, 2019, and was a bit of a sleeper hit. $53.4 million domestic in the United States, $205.3 million international, including $71.4 million in South Korea, a massive hit in South, uh, in South Korea. Uh, supposedly, 
a fifth of the entire country's population went and watched this movie. Um, wow. $258.7 million on a $15.5 million budget. Uh, Can and- you imagine, like, <laughs> imagine being able to make that claim as 20% of my country <laughs> that, saw what I made? That is nuts. The amount of eyes on, a, on something, like, you talk about the money and all that kind of stuff. You know, you have movies like the Avengers Endgame, Titanic, somebody, somebody, or Star Wars, somebody's going to go watch it nine, ten times. Yeah. Like, yeah. The amount of people watch this movie was substantial. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the 258.7, a monster hit for especially the movie it is. Um, nominated for six Oscars, uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Original Screenplay, International Feature, Film Editing, and Production Design. Won Best Picture, Best Director, uh, Original Screenplay, and International Feature. The first ever film to win International Feature and Best Picture. Um, lost film editing to Ford versus Ferrari, a very fine nom- uh, fine film to lose best editing to. And Best Production Design lost to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. On Rotten Tomatoes. I, st- I still haven't seen either one of those. I've, uh, yeah. This is. Are, the- are they both? So, so Ford versus Ferrari, the, like, you know, you kind of had that. Uh, race car kind of movies or yeah. like racing movies. It's a chance to be editing fun and it does a great job. It's a very worthy winner. Same thing with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Does a lot of right. different interesting things with the production design. Um, I like I like driving movies and stuff like we that. Might, so we might have to, we might have, we might have to do Ford versus Ferrari eventually. Even um, though I got into a wreck yesterday. But <laughs> besides. That's it wasn't beside the point. It wasn't your fault, so it's okay. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, ninety nine percent for critics, ninety percent for audiences. So uh, not much of a uh, disparity there. I will go through the plot summary of Parasite. So um, the general idea of Parasite is there are two families. There's the Kim family, which is a, a lower class. Um, I, I say lower class. They're they're a debt riddled family, um, trying to get by on low low income jobs. Uh, you know, definitely re- blue collar workers. Blue collar uh, trying yeah. to make it by. Yeah, like struggling. By no yeah. means, by no means, living off the land. Like they're just trying to make something work. So there's the uh, there's the Kim family. Excuse me. So the uh, the father Kai Tech the. Um, there is the uh, mother who is. Uh, let's see here. Um, sorry, I'm 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 trying to f- match the names up. Uh, so there's there's also uh, uh, Ki Jung, who's the uh, daughter. Um, <laughs> there's the uh, son uh, Ki Woo, uh, who uh, who kind of is the main character per se of this movie, and then uh, and then also Day High. Or, uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. I'm see. Okay, so there's a father, the, a mother, a son, and a daughter. See, this is the be- this is the best way I'm going to describe it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Listen, like- <laughs> listen, folks. Uh, these are two Texas boys trying to explain <laughs> a Korean movie. It's, okay, yes, a South uh, Korean movie. We we. Like, uh, this, the, so the closest thing we've been to South Korea was our granddad was in the army during the war. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, that's 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 exactly it. We're not. Uh, we we know if we're watching the movie, we understand who it all is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's the Kim father, the Kim 
uh, and then the Kim mother and then two kids, the, a son and a daughter. The son is ostensibly the main character. So they're living in kind of low, low income statuses. And then um, they have a, they have a friend. Uh, one of the, the son's friends says, it's like, Hey, I used to be this tutor for this girl of this very uh, rich park family uh kind of the same dynamic but younger version a father a mother a young son and a and a uh high school age daughter so he's like hey you know i'm moving away so you can go be the tutor and it'll give you a chance to make some money and so the 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 kim family son is like okay well, well i'm gonna do that so he goes in there and he becomes the tutor kind of falls and you know kind of romances the teenage daughter as well and then he realizes through the essentially, hey, I can manipulate this rich, stupid family into getting jobs for my entire family. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so he uh, he has his sister pose as Jessica, uh, very famously uh, uh, Jessica, um, Illinois, Chicago, and the little song to remember mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, that she becomes an art therapist. Um, by the way, that was going to be my other intro for you it's like a man who could definitely bullshit his way through art therapy explanations <laughs> so he becomes the yeah. she becomes the art therapist you see how the circle is. <laughs> it's like in that corner there's another circle <laughs> in that and... corner yeah yeah so uh so the uh his sister becomes the art therapist and then they essentially uh frame the driver to get fired because of acting like he's having sex in the back of their cars. And then they hire their dad and then they frame, then they, uh, they frame the housekeeper. Um, now the housekeeper is a kind of a different, uh, situation. Her name is moon Guang. Uh, she is been the housekeeper for a really long time and she has a peach allergy. So they frame her to have tuberculosis to get mm-hmm. her fired and they hire the mother. So the entire family is now being paid by the family um, they go out of town, the, the, the park family goes out of town and they're like, okay, we'll just hang out here and chill and, um, do a hammer throw in the backyard. That was, that was like, a, <laughs> uh, just kind of like get drunk and chill in the house. And, uh, so then one day, but, uh, that night, the, uh, like I said, the, uh, the housekeeper, the former housekeeper, Moon Guang comes back and is like, Hey, I forgot something in the house. Could you please let me in? I forgot something in the house. And she comes in and she's like, sorry, I have to go down to the basement. And she goes down to a basement. They didn't know it was there in this old, in this architecturally cool house. And they go down to the basement and her husband's down there. Um, and he's sitting down. He's been down there for four years. He was hiding from debtors. And uh, they're kind of like, this is insane. But um, and they're kind of found out and there's a struggle. And uh, Moon Guang has, uh, gets a concussion and they put her downstairs and they kind of, uh, and then all of a sudden the Park family rushes back and they have to clean everything up and it's, it's a big mess and they keep the, they get the old guy back downstairs. And so they're like, okay, everything's fine. And then, um, because, so they were on vacation because of a rainstorm and they're like, okay, well, we're going to throw a big party. And then it turns out like it, it as it continues on in this party, it's like, okay, well, we're trying to make everything work, but then. Uh, Moon Guang's husband pops up and uh, knocks out the son, um, essentially beats him over the head with a, with a, uh, a rock, which mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into, but, and then, um, and then goes and stabs the daughter. Um, he is stabbed in turn by the dad, uh, but 
the uh the park family dad uh smells him and is repulsed by his smell and kind of triggers the kim family dad going like okay this is th- th- this was a triggering moment because of uh other things they were saying about smells and lower rent people and uh so he stabs the park fam park yeah. dad <laughs> and it's really, like, really i smell poor <laughs> I smell poor exactly i smell a poor person is like nope i'm gonna stab you to death now and he does and then then uh and then he runs away so the the son and the mother are arrested the daughter eventually dies um the uh the dad runs off and they don't know where he is and then a couple months later the kim family son realizes that he's actually in the basement where he used to be where the other guy used to be and then uh, at the end, there's kind of this ambiguous ending of sending him a letter saying, I'm going to get enough money to purchase the house and get you out of there. Um, but it's kind of ambiguous about whether it happens or not. Um, there's so much to get into. <laughs> this, this is a very deep, interesting yeah. movie. Um, more than anything else, you know, like, I, you know, they, there was a lot of Oscar movies this year and this movie specifically it's there's it, the clash con the class conflicts yeah. between the poor and the rich is very deep, deep in this movie. This is, it's the, probably the main part of the movie, just the disconnect between what rich people are and what poor people are trying to get to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a class clash. Yes. Yes. It's, and, it's yeah. And and, and yeah, definitely this is kind of, um, I guess, a movie that, well, like the common man could root for because it's kind of the working class, the blue collar workers um, taking advantage of the rich people, whereas most of the time it's the complete other way around. Yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah it's it's this is our opportunity. Like these people might be rich and successful, but they are gullible idiots and we are going to take advantage of them every chance we get. Yeah. It's basically, they are book smarts and computer smarts and money smarts, but these people are street smart and they know how to survive. I think that's what I, I I really like about that uh, family is like, they know how to survive, do what they got to do, stick together and get by. And, Um, you know, if they gotta, you know, you gotta crack some omelet or crack some eggs and make an omelet, yeah. I guess. You know, it's like, yeah, they they they're going to manipulate the system in order, like obviously mm-hmm. getting rid of the the maid and getting rid of the drivers. Like there's there's a vice, there's unfortunately a you know there there's consequences to it. Like somebody that is it's not a victimless crime, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like it's very much a well is he going to be able to survive or are we going to be able to survive? And it, it, yeah. it, this is, and this it's, is the other thing about it. It's like, it's not like the, the, the Kim family is not sitting there. It's like, okay, we're going to get rich and we're going to, you know, that we have the money. We're going to get to the richest pot. It's like, they're essentially just like, they're a step above where they were in the low income jobs. They just all have mm-hmm. it together now. Like they're just having a little taste of it to survive. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to get super duper rich. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's kind of a, um, you know, in South Korea's, uh, I mean, I won't pretend to know <laughs> sure. a yeah. ton about South Korea, but, um, you know, it's it's a capitalist society, but there's yep. definitely 
but you know, it's the government has a lot more intervention and yes, yes. You know, debt debt collectors have big much time, more influence. Big time. That's things, a big part of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So I mean, it's not like you can um you don't have the freedoms, obviously, that you do here, even though I mean South Korea is a, a democratic capitalist country, you yes, know. Yes. But um it's it's kind of like viewing this family it's kind of like if if we can't work within this this system we're gonna make this system work for us yeah like yeah i'll yeah well the system's gonna work for us whether they know it or not yeah yeah it's like like we're like okay well this system has not been working for us in the past so how about we manipulate the system to make it work for us but at the same time they're none the wiser. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not, they're not stealing from the park family. They're essentially just, they really, really the people they screwed over worse was their fellow yeah. blue collar workers. Yeah. They're, yeah, exactly. Yes. Fellow worker, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, it's not exactly something like that's probably the biggest thing bad they do. Now yeah. this, this is kind of the, this is kind of the secret sauce of these type of satire type movies you have to be able to punch up like you can't yeah. be you, you like the fact that they are robbing the job of this driver who didn't do anything wrong and this mm-hmm. housekeeper who didn't do anything wrong. That's the mm-hmm. thing they did. Stealing from the rich people. Who cares? Like, oh, it's classic Robin Hood. Absolutely. I mean, you grow up as a kid. I mean, even the old Disney one where yeah. Robin Hood's the fox. Yeah. I mean, you're rooting for him, even though he's a thief. I mean, 100%. he's a roadside. Yeah. And it, and of course, we grew up, you know, stealing's wrong, being an outlaw's wrong. But yeah, when you're punching up, everyone's like, eh, it's okay. It's right. like, a, it's like, uh, and, that's, and that's what makes an yeah. anti hero. Yes, yes, exactly. Perfect, perfect, uh, example of an anti hero. Why would you feel bad about what they're doing? Because in your mind, it's like, well, in, you just like, well, if you want to get down to it, they didn't do anything wrong. It's like that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so the, the big part of this, the big setting for this movie is the house. Um, mm-hmm. Very modern, very kind of like douchey, like got that, you yeah. know, the, 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 you know, the, the square of the glass and, you know, those hard yeah. edges and all that kind of stuff. But that being said, there are some really cool aspects to it. Like, that entire basement setup is cool. The kitchen, obviously, it's a very modern, cool, expensive, nifty house. But I mean, um, just the idea of this house in general, it's, you know, the 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 dichotomy between what that house is and the basement they mm-hmm. live in, the basement they have to go back to. It's such a vast yeah. different and not in and, and the bait just comparing basements, like the Yeah, their basement is nicer than <laughs> I mean, their house is a basement. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, it's it's that kind of thing they have to go in between. Um, and I think you know, if if you have just this some random house, just kind of like, okay, well, this is just what it is. The house is almost it, it's it's such a dumb thing. It's kind of like, oh, New York is a character in this movie. Same thing, but like the house is essentially a character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you know, I I read something interesting is um. Those like secret uh, like bunkers, yeah, are not uncommon 
in South Korea. Really? Um, yeah, due to the like threat from North Korea. That makes sense. So, I mean, it, you know, looking at American history during the peak of the Cold War, I mean, really around Bomb the time shelters and our our parents were born around that time, you know, when they're doing duck and cover drills at school. Um, yeah, bomb shelters were very common. Um, and I mean, that was a hot thing to put in uh, to a house back then. So I yeah, I did read something that, yeah, it's not uncommon to find, uh, you know, bomb shelters in, in and, Korea. And, and even like us looking at it from our perspective, living in Texas. So I, I, I know from talking to people who are from the North basements are very, very common in a lot of houses, but mm-hmm. incredibly uncommon where, where we grew up uh, that, like mm-hmm. there's it just, it's like, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a fun little a- aspect of a house, but basements, especially it's, it's odd being the fact that, Basements are not a normal part of an everyday house for how we grow up. And it's a, it's kind of that much more. Yeah. 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 It is. It is funny. I, I, I mean, I don't know that I, you would really think it, it might be different. Um, you know, since, I mean, the water, the water table is much generally much higher up North than it is Sure. But I don't know if our ground is just too unstable or it's a good question. Yeah. There, there's yeah, a vast disconnect rare. between that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the twist of this movie um, mm-hmm. because, because going, this is your first time seeing it. I had seen it a number yeah. of times. Um, so going into it, it's a pretty straightforward, like, okay, these people are trying to better their lives, get into it. They're manipulating these, these older people. And then when the housekeeper shows back up, you're mm-hmm. just like, what is this? And then as it goes along, how slack jawed are you the whole time? Like how, like it's, it's, it, it turns into an entirely different movie from that point. Once you find out this guy's been living underneath the house, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, with only the housekeeper knowing. Yeah. And, and, and it even falls, it, you know, it, it, the, the really cool thing about the structure of the screenplay is essentially is like, Okay, well, you're talking about his se- the kid's seizure and you know all these mm-hmm. weird things, the food disappearing, and then as soon as that mm-hmm. happened, that immediately all those fall right into place. Yeah, and and not to mention um, the uh, so I'll, I'll uh, Park Myung Hun, who plays uh, Myung uh, the guy in the basement. Um, he is so singularly odd looking, and he is. and. And not to mention just kind of like uh, really plays into the fact it's like, oh, I've been in a basement for four years, so I'm a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is odd looking in in the respect. I mean, I don't I don't mean this offensively. I know what you mean. Way, but I, he doesn't look um, very Korean, I guess. I No. Yeah, that's a does, good way. It, it's a little. Does round. that make sense? It does make yeah. sense. Like there's there's a there's a certain at least at least how the film portrays it, there's a certain elegance to everybody, even, yeah, even the lower, absolutely. even the, even the Kim family. It's like, they're, they're pretty good looking, handsome, well-rounded pretty. And then, and then he comes in just like, okay, this is nothing like anybody yeah. else in this movie. But I, you know, I mean, that very, very well could be intentional in, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, they want him to look like way out of sorts. Like this guy's, this guy's, been off the map for a yeah. while you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. But I mean, the, the, the twist is, you know, it's, it's one of those, it doesn't come out of, it, it comes out of left field, but it is true to the film. And it, it's not one of those you're like, this is a, that doesn't make any sense. Where's that coming from? No, it's, mm. it was the, the breadcrumbs were kind of laid and it's, I really like the twist of that. Um, so the cast, um, so the, the main, the main accolades from this movie were, uh, tri- uh, were kind of centered around two specific actors. Uh, Song Kang Ho, probably the most famous of the, uh, internationally famous of the cast, playing the father of uh, the Kim family father. Um, you might remember him from the film Snowpiercer. Um, probably what a lot of other people remember him as. Um, he's uh, the uh, Bong Joon-ho, the director of this movie, is kind of his his guy, kind of like how Scorsese has uh, has De Niro and DiCaprio. Right. That's Song Kang-ho is kind of the same thing. I my favorite performance is um, is Chio Young Jung as uh, the Park family mother, who's just kind of this aloof idiot rich lady who um who just is like yeah like they they kind of view her as like well she's the mark she's stupid yeah this and she's the late and and she plays it all really well yeah she absolutely is the mark um well and really her husband is too because they recognize if she says i want abc he's gonna give her abc no matter how much it costs no matter what trouble he's got to go through you know i mean she's gonna get what she wants so all they have to do is make her want something that they can provide exactly and 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 the uh, is very easy mark and now that and (laughs) it's it's the famous sex scene where um the part (laughs) so in the so the park family comes back early and the Kim family is hiding under like the middle table. And because everything got rained out, um, the, the park family son wants to is outside in a tent and the, uh, the parents are sitting on the couch and they kind of decide to get a little frisky. And so they're doing stuff on the couch. And I believe one of the things she says is buy me something expensive. It's like, that's her dirty talk. (laughs) Say you'll buy me something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, whatever works, right? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> everyone's got their price, you know. <laughs> and 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 uh, you know, the her she's kind of the catalyst to kick off kind of the ending of how the Kim family dad but behaves to stab to eventually stabbing the park the park dad. Right. Essentially, right. that entire sequence of it in the background is like. Oh, the rain came last night and washed away all that unpleasantness as he's stewing about his house. And then she rolls the window down about his smell and just it's that starts it. And from there kind of leads on this inevitable train. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's really interesting. It, it, It reminded me of a book that I read in high school and I don't even know why I bring it up because I can't remember it. Um, but it's about uh, class warfare um, and conflicts in India. Um, mm. So like untouchables and how they were sure, the caste system. Yes. Yes. That, okay. that entire caste system. That's mm. what it reminded me of is it seems like there's, you know, still 
still that caste system. I mean, I guess we can feel it around here every now and then, but it's it's nothing compared to other some other places, you know. I mean, we have been decidedly middle class our entire lives. And so um, and and the 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 greatest of possibilities is we will probably die middle class and our children will probably live middle class their entire lives. Um, so we we've it's it's hard to kind of look at that from that perspective of like, well, we're not the we're not the lower class trying to survive. And we're certainly not the higher class just like like just throwing money around and, and being stupid. So this yeah. is kind of the very much a audience mentality in this situation where you're like, well, I'm not that I'm certainly not that. And see, see where the divide is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think for the vast majority of people that are going to watch this in any country, I think more people can identify with the family that's absolutely struggling. Absolutely. Then they can, the completely rich family, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because, I mean, even if you're doing real well for yourself now, you've probably been that college student or that first year intern or something like that. Like had those struggles. Yeah. yeah. More, more, more people. I mean, I would argue could probably identify with the, um, the, the Kim family. So the, and also not only that, the, the park family, the richer ones, they're kind of the ideal of everything. Like the kids mm -hmm. do whatever they want. The mom looks luxurious and does whatever she wants, has everything. And even the dad is like, Oh, he makes his money. What does he do? Add something. And we don't really, really see it. And it's like, Oh, he's, he makes a lot of money and he comes home and then, it's, it's the, it's the ideal of rich person. Like you don't work that yeah. hard and you have all this money and all these resources. Yeah. 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 And just, yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's just a different world. And, yeah. and you know, I mean, I think, I think that there's absolutely an element of jealousy that goes into this. Absolutely. Into the conflict of this film. And, and really, that's the reason uh, you root for the Kim family as opposed to the Park family, mm -hmm. I, you know, because most of us are probably jealous of that. Yes. yes. And we're like, I'm working my ass off and I can never even dream of that. And, you know, and so uh, really that's, you know, look, I think you, the Kim, the Kim you, family ultimately is driven by jealousy. And you look at it and you're like, they don't deserve this. What, what did they like? I don't care if he makes money. It's like, they don't deserve, like, they're not good people. They don't deserve this. Right. We deserve this. And yeah, yeah, that, that kind of uh, break between the two. Okay. So the ending. So in the end, uh, the, the Kim family father is down in the basement, uh, kind of none the wiser to anybody else, except his son who discovers this. Mm -hmm. um, the ending uh, kind of, uh, is it is it more idealized? So the ending, the son's like, okay, I'm gonna make enough money to get out of there, get you out of there. But it's actually viewed as him doing so. Um, mm -hmm. Is it one of those things where you think it's just like this is the dream, or is it the dream of what I want, or is it yeah. more? You think of it more of as a dream? 
Yeah, I think it's his fantasy. I yeah. think it is. Um, it's really a unrealistic aspiration. Yeah. Um, it, you're you you're, know, gonna, you're just you have a criminal record. You're going to make enough money to do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who of us hasn't laid there and thought, oh, if I had this, if I had that, if I had this, you know? So that's the way I interpreted it. Was um, yeah, it was fantasy for him, and I. I yeah. agree. I agree with you. I, I've heard some people say it's actually no. That's the actual ending of the film, and I said if that if that's actually how the film ends, that's that doesn't make it, it doesn't ring true to the rest of the film where it's all about this. Right. It's, it's just like, Oh, it just magically happens at the end. It just magically, he has this money and then all of a sudden everything is fixed. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, this is the first, as I mentioned, this is the first ever film to uh, the internet eligible for international feature, best international feature to win best picture. Um, it had, it's been increasingly more common these days. Um, and this year, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, a German film nominated for Best Picture. Um, it happens much more frequently these days, but uh, at the, this is the first time it's ever happened. Um, what, in his Best Director speech, Bong Joon-ho said, if we can get past this, quote, one-inch barrier of subtitles, then yes. you know, we can really open up our uh, mind to greater grander films um you don't you haven't i i imagine you're not i just because we're we're americans and we live in the most prevalent film industry in the world we see all these type of english american films in english all the time uh subtitle films are not something you regularly see no no that's um yeah it's pretty rare for me and I will say, like, starting out, usually when I'm watching them, it is a barrier. It yeah. is difficult. Yeah. But if it's – I'll say this. If it's a good movie – It's it's not a chore. I agree. I can I can adjust to it, and I'm fine, and, and almost not notice it. Like yeah. once I'm in, you know. Yeah, I but, can. I can almost like man, speed, I can speed read and absorb it as it's going. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's a little bit not of a good movie, then I'm I'm probably out of there. It's you know? funny. It's funny. But I I watched a film the other day. Uh, it was nominated for an Oscar this year. It's called EO about a donkey. It's from Poland. Um, it's very the very very little dialogue. Um, but it's in Polish or French or whatever it is. And um, as it's going along, it barely talks. And the entire time I'm like, there's no subtitles and I couldn't stand the movie. So, I mean, like you said, it's all about it. The Robert E Roger Ebert has a famous quote about no bad movie is too short and no good movie is too long. Like mm -hmm. it's essentially the same thing. Um, so yeah. And, and this has been a big thing with my wife. Whenever we watch Oscar movies together, I'll introduce her to a film like uh, the film, uh, a movie you watch, Another Round. Excellent film. You don't, yeah. have to, you don't even think about the subtitles after a while just because you're so enraptured yeah. in the story. Uh, there's a film, Flea, from a couple of years Danish, ago. Danish, correct? Yes. That one yes. was Danish, yeah. There's yeah, a, that was a good movie. Exactly. So it's essentially, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, I guarantee there's a terrible 
there are terrible subtitled films out there in different countries. Sure. Other countries make terrible movies all the time. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, so like I said, you get that best of one inch barrier. You can really open your eyes to other type of films. This is our first foreign film we've done. So I'm really proud of us for branching out. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I will say uh, a Korean one, you know, isn't necessarily dipping your toes in the water because like I could watch a Spanish speaking movie and you know, I can understand a lot of that, you yeah, know? Yeah. You and, can pick up, you can pick I up also, things. Yeah. And I also, um, just being where we're from, I can understand Latin American culture a lot better yes. than I, you know, cause I'm not familiar with Korean culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and he, I am familiar somewhat with, you know, some Latin American kind of same thing, kind of same thing with us being in the Middle East for a little bit of time. It's right. Like, it's like, we're not going to, by no means, we're not going to be able to carry on conversations, but we'll pick up little things and we're like, okay, I know yeah. what that and kind of, and the cultural, yeah, you can get by. Yeah, you can get by. And, and you kind of have to put this movie in that kind of perspective. Like you said, you don't understand the economy of North Korea, uh, South mm -hmm. Korea, but that little bit of insight does help knowing that yeah. there are basements because of the threats from North Korea and knowing the mm -hmm. uh, debtors and stuff like that. Um, just a little bit of open-mindedness. Uh, I encourage yeah. it. I, by the way, this film's on Hulu. Go watch it. It's not very long. It's, uh, it's a nice, it's a, it's a fascinating watch. Um, yeah. don't, let the, don't let the Korean get in your way. Um, yeah. Let's take a, a quick break and we'll come back. All right, we are back. Every week I go through the filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. It is time for Poll for a Dumbass. We have talked about it a couple times today. I'm going to talk about all the films from the 2019 Oscar race. I thought about knocking out, all, I was like, okay, Jake, I'm going to talk about all the Oscar films that have been nominated for Best Picture throughout the years. And I'm like, well, I can just say no. It's like, Jake, have you seen Z? Have you seen Grand Illusion? Like, it's like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, you could you could absolutely set these up for I'm zero out of zero. Yeah, so I, I don't want to do that. So what I would like to do instead is I'd like to hit the uh, films from 2019 that had some Oscar traction and uh, see, go through these uh, one at a time and see if you have uh, actually seen these. It's a possibility. Okay, so I want to start out with a movie I know you haven't seen because you already said in this uh, podcast you have not seen it. Um, playing the uh, neither Christian Bale or M Matt Damon play Ford or Ferrari, but in the film Ford vs. Ferrari. You have not seen it. I have it. Okay, I'd so like to see it. It is. It's great. It's very good. It's a very. It's a. It's a dad movie. Dad movie classic. Like on TV. Dad. Yeah, exactly. On TV a lot. Good. Good to watch. Not one of those kind of like. Yes, this is right up my alley. So uh, I do. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Good, fun Christian Bale performance using his real voice. Um, mm. It's kind of out of the ordinary, but a uh, good movie. Um, so how about? So we talked about Scorsese and Robert De Niro a little bit. Uh, this was a reuniting of that. Um, a epic gangster movie, a movie I really did not get. Everybody else loved it, and I could not get on board. The Irishman. Uh, yeah, I've seen it, but I didn't get it either. I didn't. <sighs> they, they, it didn't do anything for me. It's exactly it's 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 about the story of Jimmy Hoffa, but the whole time I'm just like I I watched it the first time, and everybody's talking, "Oh, this is great! This is an incredible movie!" Da 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 da. And I watched it, and I'm like, didn't like it. 
I didn't like it at all. And then, then yeah. I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm being mean. I'm I, like, I'm, I'm, I have a cold jaded heart. I'm going to watch it again, watch it again, hated it again. So yeah, <laughs> it was very <laughs> unpleasant. Yeah. I, I remember watching it thinking, Oh, that's probably going to be awesome. Yeah. And like, well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so uh, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm much more of a contrarian toward the Irishman than most people, especially critics, but that's me. Um, how about uh, something a little lighter, but involving Hitler? How about Hitler and his uh, kid and his fun imaginary friend, Hitler, in the film Jojo Rabbit? Nope. Nope. So Jojo Rabbit is about- I've never this. heard of that. <laughs> it's an Oscar, an Oscar winning, an Oscar winning film starring Scott Johansson, uh, and uh, uh, Sam Rockwell, an all-star cast. This little kid um, <clears throat> is kind of lonely, and the way to get through his loneliness in 1940s, whatever, uh, 19 wherever he is, um, to get through his loneliness, he has an imaginary friend, which is a uh, a comically uh, a comic version of Hitler, and he is ridiculous. And he's played by the director Taika Waititi, uh, and um, it's and and then they hide a Jewish girl in his. Uh, it, it's an interesting movie. Uh, it sounds weirder than it actually is. Um, it makes it makes much more sense if you watch it. Um, it it's kind of like this kid. I who, hope so. It, it it on paper it sounds really really awkward and awful. A little bit. But I like it. It's I think it's a good movie. It's cute. Uh, you know, uh, what he does good is uh, it's Scarlett Johansson's first Oscar nomination plays a really great mom character. Um, a lot of interesting things going with that. OK, so the flip side of that, the best actor winner from this year, uh, a comic book movie winner, the second Oscar winning performance for this role. How about Joaquin Phoenix in the film Joker? Uh, that was on earlier today, actually. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Yes, but <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Yes, but I have to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I mean, it's definitely dark enough. It's not something I just want to catch all the time. You yeah, know? and I watched it in the in the movie theater with our mom, and we watched yeah. it, and my and our mom goes, "You know what? That was good. I don't think I ever want to watch that again." I'm like, great, that's a great response to it. Just very. Very unpleasant movie. Um, I think I think Phoenix is fine. Uh, you know, he does other stuff that deserves an Oscar. I'm not sure if this was it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like how we've talked about Wahlberg playing an asshole from Boston. <laughs> yeah. like, Joaquin Phoenix playing <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix playing a crazy dude is hinge nut job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like really had to doing our thing and really had to stretch for that one really had to stretch yeah exactly um a uh uh, joker was a big money maker big best picture winner uh best picture nominee one best actor obviously um another best picture nominee and a uh two-time acting nominee a movie very very good the fourth uh cinematic adaptation that i know of this movie how about the 2019 version of little women no i didn't think so have you seen any of the little women's no <laughs> I, I i always remember the line from friends whenever 
um, Joey and Rachel. How little are these women? How little are these women? <laughs> exactly. So I always, that's, that's always what I think of. Uh, really good version of that movie. It's uh, um, Timothy Chalamet's in it, uh, Shisha Ronan. Good, great cast, credible cast in that movie. But uh, um, uh, Meryl Streep pops in for a little bit. So uh, uh, it's, 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 it's the best interpretation of that story that I've seen in films. Um, okay. So the, so Scarlett Johansson was actually a two-time Oscar nominee this year. She gets a uh, Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit. She gets a nomination for Best Actress um, for a film, uh, a badly titled film called Marriage Story. Have you heard of Marriage Story? It's no. her. It's 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 her and Adam Driver. Um, it is a bad title for a film because it's actually divorce story. They're getting divorced and they yell at each other a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's. It's again, it's not a film I love. Sounds fun. It, <laughs> not exactly. Yeah, not exactly a, uh, a heartwarming tell. But um, yeah, uh, but yeah, but it, well acted. Adam Driver does well. Uh, Johansson does well. Uh, Laura Dern won an Oscar for it uh, for supporting actress. She's like a kind of half slutty lawyer. It's interesting. But anyway, so well, um, who doesn't who doesn't love a life changing breakup? You know. <laughs> right it's it's and uh it's kind it's it's kind of autobiographical as well and yeah. the director's kind of up his own butt about it so okay so yeah. a a movie that probably came in second place to parasite for best director and best uh best picture uh a film i know you love a film we are eventually going to do on this podcast 1917 oh my gosh what a banger right so so, so for that for that Oscar year, I had I I was pretty well versed Man. in everything that was watching, and I was pretty I had watched most everything. 1917 was like the last thing to watch. I watch it, and we're sitting. We have a pretty pretty nice setup in our living room, and we're watching this just enthralled. Like this thing is great. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah, we watched. Uh, we actually watched that in theater. Really? Um, oh, I bet you that's a great theatrical experience. Well, and it was their fancy theater, you know, like oh, the, 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 the surround, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, surround sound and nice seats and all that. And I mean, <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, from like the opening scene, you know, like he's like picking a cigarette butt out and then all of a sudden it starts shooting and I damn near hit the floor. <laughs> like, yeah. It, I mean, now that, that movie is incredible. I am a, you know, I'm a history guy. Um, Not a whole lot of World War One movies. More World War Two, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's, um, yeah, there's not many World War One uh, movies, but uh, I thought it was magnificent. I don't know how they did it. I don't. I, <laughs> it's like, a, te- I don't know how they a technical marvel. That. I agree, a technical marvel. Um, Oscar winner yeah. for Roger Deakins is incredible cinematography that never cuts away. Um, ex- exceptional yeah. across the board. Um, the other movie we talked about earlier, the uh, that you haven't seen, that I'm sure you're going to get around to. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, I'll, I I haven't seen it, but. So- uh, uh, it's definitely on my to watch list. Brad Pitt got his Oscar Oscar win for that one. Uh, I think it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best performances. He's it's the most self aware he's probably ever been. Kind of mm-hmm. just leaning into the fact that it's like, oh, 
you're going to, it's just like Joaquin Phoenix and, and Mark Wahlberg. It's like, Hey, you're going to play a stuck up actor asshole. He goes, right. Got it. Got it. Okay. Like, (laughs) um, I know it's, it's a little bit of colors in that, but, uh, really, um, probably Tarantino's most like straightforward entertainment movie. Uh, like, like, um, and, and, and obviously doing his, uh, uh, alternate history with the Mansons and uh, Sharon uh-huh. Tate and uh, really interesting yeah. aspects there. Um, a uh, Another movie nominated for uh, act, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, uh, Anthony Hopkins getting a nomination this year uh, is playing one of the two popes. Have you seen the two popes? I haven't. Uh, it's, it's not my favorite genre of film. Uh, you know, it's two guys in a room talking for two hours. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's essentially like one Pope is about to retire and the guy who is the presumed next Pope is talking about his legacy and just kind of going back and forth and kind of arguing theologies. And it's, 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 it's fine. It's, it does a lot. It's like I said, I'm not one for, let's just talk back and forth two guys for two hours, but, uh, it, it does some interesting things. Um, on the, other side of things. So Tom Hanks, we've talked about plenty of times. Uh, his <laughs> last Oscar nomination before 2019 was in 2000. He was nominated for Castaway in 2000. He didn't get another one until 2019. Uh, for the best, uh, his, his first supporting actor nomination, uh, playing the most wholesome man in the world, Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yep. Did you yeah, like I- I did. Yeah. And I saw it and it's, it is a really nice, wholesome movie. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's, everybody's like, Oh, it's the Mr. Rogers movie. It's like, no, that's not what it is. It's not the Mr. Rogers. Yeah, movie. It's, no. it's a story where Mr. Rogers kind of affects people, how Mr. Rogers affects people. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I really liked it. I do too. Uh, and but you know, you know how you kind of have to be in the mood for something real dark. Yeah, you have to be in the mood to, have for that. To be too. in the mood for something that happy a little bit. Yes, you know. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it's good. I like it. I do too. Um, a film, another film nominated for a couple Oscars, uh, a supporting actress and an actress nomination. Um, I don't love those type of films where like recent history, we're going to make a film about recent history uh, and kind of everybody's kind of painted as the good guy, except for the obvious one bad guy. Um, The story of Fox News and Roger Ailes in the film Bombshell. Have you seen Bombshell? Mm, So Charlize Theron plays uh, Megyn Kelly and, and, and Nicole Kidman plays Gretchen... I can't remember her last name, but anyway, so like it's all the sexual harassment stuff. Like there's some good acting parts, but it's just kind of like, it just is what it is. Like it's, it's, it's a thing that exists. It's like, Hey, you remember this thing that happened? And that's pretty much all there is. You remember last year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, Hey, you remember, you remember what just happened? Yes, we do. And it, it's it's even funnier the fact that this this is this it comes out the same year as Little Women, a story that's been retread from the 1800s, uh, 1917 about World War One, and then The Irishman about a story in the 50s and then 50s and 60s, Ford versus Ferrari, a story from the 70s, The Two Popes, a story from like 10 years ago, and then you know it's, it's just like 
it's like you're the you're the newest new it's like well that doesn't mean anything like yeah it's like all we got is something six months ago so <laughs> it's like let, let's let's spit this out and, and see what we got here okay so i'm gonna talk about this i have no doubt in my mind you have not seen this movie i just wanted to include it because it has your favorite actress the best actress winner from that year portraying judy garland renee renee zellweger in judy <laughs> <laughs> it so i don't Ow. know i i know you would you will never see it you were gonna you go out of your way <laughs> exactly that's what i was going to say so so i i went in kind of with an open mind because everybody's like she's gonna win the oscar she's incredible i went in with an open mind and i like judy garland as an actress and i like kind of the you know she's been broken down trouble by history. trouble yep. history all that kind of stuff i went in and was like okay let's do this and it is a bad movie. It is not good. And she is not good. And she steamrolled her way to a second Oscar. It blows my mind. I still never understand. It is, there are, there are some parts of this movie that are legitimately hilarious, but it is not meant to be hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's not good if you're funny, but you're <laughs> not supposed to be. There's that's supposed not good. There's a scene at the end of the film where she sings, she's in a, she's near the end of her life and career and she's singing over the rainbow in the theater. And oh, it's supposed to be like this, this uplifting moment. And in the film, these two gay men stand up in the, in the theater and start singing along with her. And I was like, Oh no, the film thinks this is a good thing. And this is not like, this is, it was embarrassing. I was like, Oh no, this is not what's supposed to be happening. Oh no. <laughs> so it's one of those type of movies, obviously uh, mm. not surprised. Don't seek it out. Um, okay. So, okay. so a, how about a different uh, biopic of a um, musician? How about a one, a little more spice, the Elton John biopic rocket man. Uh, yes. Did you like that one? I like the performances more than I like the actual whole thing. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's a good way to put it. Like, I think it's a good lead performance, Taron. It's all right. Yeah, and and you're you kind of come away with it going like, I like Elton John music. Like that's essentially what you come away with it. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's absolutely a super talented guy, and I yeah, they that movie does a good job of showing you that. Yes, Definitely. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's kind of goes through all the biopic It's like, oh, I had drugs mm -hmm. and I can't stop using drugs. And then I finally beat drugs. Like it's mm -hmm. kind of what you expect. Um, but hey, spoiler alert, everyone. He's gay. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a that was a fun aspect of it. Like uh, the fact that it's like like you always remember like these iconic stars who are gay like george michael and uh liberace and elton john you just assume that's the case boy george or george and then you look back on it and you're like oh no no they like sued people for years saying they were gay because it's going to ruin their careers and you're like yeah well who'd have thunk who'd have thunk the guy came out in the in a daffy duck costume was a gay man <laughs> yeah queen <laughs> yeah freddie mercury another great example yeah, yeah. um so uh, we talked about the recent history of Bombshell. Little Another movie that was recent history, but further enough back in an interesting story, I think done very poorly in my opinion. But uh, the hero of the Atlanta Olympics, the Clint Eastwood film, uh, Richard Jewell. Really liked that. You liked Richard Jewell. I think it's a very good performance by Paul uh -huh. Walter Hauser as Richard Jewell. I think he really got into like, 
okay, he did, he, he was, he's kind of like, so I'm not sure if he's like one of those guys who are, is like, you're probably, you have a, an overinflated sense of self, but you did save people's yes. lives, but you did save people's yeah. lives. And it just, people just saw it as a chance to kind of break a guy down. Yeah. Um, I think what I like about that movie the most is I think that was an important story to be told because honestly, I think, um, there's a lot of people that would have said, Oh yeah, he's the, he was the bomber or whatever, just cause they're unfamiliar with the story. And yeah, was, you know, was he probably kind of like a wannabe cop or in a cop type of a fella? Yeah. Yeah. But he actually freaking did his job and he, he do got what he was supposed to do. He got absolutely freaking railroaded. Yes. Over yes. It. Yeah. And, and, and he should have been a celebrated hero. Yeah. He really and, and there's, you know, there's some questionable journalistic ethics stuff that happens yeah. in the movie, not in reality, but I mean, uh, and Eastwood yeah, yeah. Eastwood kind of has it with his own color, but I, I I've really, mm -hmm. there's a, there's more about that movie that I liked than I expected to like, it kind of had mm -hmm. a bad reputation and I liked it a little more than I expected. Okay, so we have gone through 15, and we okay. have hit – so we have one more. So I've hit, I've hit a lot of the Best Picture nominees. I've hit all the Best Picture nominees, actually. I've hit some of the acting nominations. This next film was nominated for one Oscar. It was nominated for Best Cinematography. I know you have seen it. Heavily involved with crows and mermaids and – Black and white photography and two men in the middle of the ocean. The lighthouse, buddy. I know you love the lighthouse. <laughs> My original That's one of the strangest uh... fucking just burning diaper you've ever thrown at me <laughs> that is that's a good way to put it the strangest burning diaper you've ever thrown at me <laughs> I, I went into it uh, like i i i got on the movie's wavelength way early and i'm like okay this is gonna be weird let's do this and i liked it and then i'm like jake you should watch the lighthouse and you immediately went why did you make me watch that piece of crap <laughs> i thought you loved me why would you do that <laughs> this is like <laughs> Would you watch, uh, you'd watch The Lobster two more times before you'd ever watch The Lighthouse again, right? It's close. You'll never see me again <laughs> if I have to watch any of that. <laughs> I had to put it on there because I know you've seen The Lighthouse and I know how much you hated The Lighthouse. I had to include it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So, oh, that does it for the Oscar films of 2019. You didn't do, uh, um, kind of peppered, you know, considering his recent history, uh, not too bad. You've seen The Lighthouse, Rocket Man, Richard Jewell, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, 1917, Joker, and The Irishman. Seven out of 16. Um, I'm sure you'll get Ford versus Ferrari and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood out of the way eventually. Um, not yeah. much Not much hope for, uh, I think, Judy or uh, Marriage Story. <laughs> Maybe Little Women, but you never know. <laughs> we'll see. Seven out of 16, pretty good. All right, I think it's just about that time. Each episode, instead of me staring the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's trivia. Sometimes it goes a little deeper than that. Jake, where are we? Uh, we're in the hot box, my friend. Woo, hot box time. I am ready for you. All, All right. right. Okay. Um, 
so uh, obviously the original um, uh, basement dweller. Yes. He uh, obviously has spent years basically without exposure to daylight. So I, uh, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time uh, like working midnight hours and stuff like that in winter where Mm. I went, I went extended periods of time without really ever seeing daylight. So have you ever had a, a time period like that in your life where you're working graveyards or something like that? Um, I got, uh, I, I, when I was in college, just because of the basis of college, I actually got diagnosed with a sleep disorder. Um, it was called acquired, uh, acquired insomnia. And essentially my REM cycle had been adjusted such where I couldn't go to sleep. And so, yeah. uh, it, it was, it, it, I didn't get pills or anything out of it, but that was as close as I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, like, th- that's the only thing I can really think of as far as like, Whenever, whenever I worked for the baseball team, whenever we would go on road trips, we would leave at 11 p.m. at night. And so you get on this bus after having a full day and it would take a while for you to wind down. So I would be awake for long, mm-hmm. long times. And then you then you'd kind of turn your turn your body differently to kind of get up for the seven o'clock and then it's night again. So uh, I never, never, never that long exposure working midnights or anything. Never had to n- never like anything you had to do. Um, but I mean, does it count working in the call center? Now there are times like I've been, obviously uh, working in office jobs most of my life. Um, yeah, I, I, the, you have those occasions, um, where you leave at night and you come back at night. But, uh, yeah. but luckily I have our, our offices are nice enough that they're open windows and big, nice. So yeah, you can you actually go. see the sun, but no, I've never had that kind of exposure. Okay. It, it, yeah, it'll drive you nuts. I can imagine. <laughs> I remember, I remember there was an episode of Northern Exposure. I actually talked about this a couple of days ago with my wife. Yeah. There's an episode of Northern Exposure where and they have to wear lights. They have to wear the, the visor and a guy got addicted to it. He became dependent on it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, what do you do about, a drunken man urinating uh, on the side of your house habitually. And, <laughs> and I want to say, and plus those of you who haven't seen it, this is part of the movie. I yes, don't just, yes. this. it's not, it's not, but just... I also wanted to say like, I've, I've been a drunken guy. <laughs> urinating on the side of your house. <laughs> um, I would like if it was habitual and there's like the same drunken guy coming to pee on your house. I think after a while you have a setup like here he comes. Okay. There's the hose. It's ready. Psh, like hose would be my go-to like, well, what's going to sober you up the fastest. I think a, a shot of cold water on your body is probably going to make it happen the quickest. And then if you're laying, you know, you're sitting there and you're in a, in a pool of water, you're probably just going to pee on yourself, you drunken idiot. So I'm, I'm on board with that would be my go to. Um, so that's, I, I it, hopefully it's not a situation I have to plan for. Well, not until <laughs> next time I come over. <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think is the best movie just off the top of your head that is a subtitled film? 
Whew, that's a good, uh, good, good question. Um, I know uh, that's kind of heavy, but no, just not, not at all. Uh, I would probably go to the idea of um, this, this director, Pedro Almodovar, who's Spanish. Um, all his films are in Spanish. Uh, he is an incredible director. Uh, the film I go to is a film he made called Volver from 2015, uh, 2005, excuse me, with uh, Penelope Cruz uh, about a bunch of women and kind of it's kind of like a ghost story and it's a murder mystery. And it's um, so Volver is the but you can kind of throw a dart at any Pedro Almodovar movie like he has a lot of famous ones um, about living in Spain. Uh, he has one kind of autobiographical uh if, if you're if you want to get a jump start on Pedro Almodovar as a director in general, he he's he's very like women heavy, uh, very interested in sexual stuff, uh, gender politics, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a film from 1989 called Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Uh, really fun, happy movie. Uh, he'll he'll get uh, he has Javier Bardem and uh, Penelope Cruz and uh, Antonio Banderas in a lot of his early movies hmm. before they were famous. Um, so, uh, I would say Volver would be my number one. Uh, it's, it's a great film. Okay. Um, just take me through an experience, uh, or I should say your experience with ramen noodles. Oh man. The, the classic, the, uh, so I, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but whenever I think of ramen noodles, there's only one flavor that is worth a damn for ramen noodles and it is shrimp because shrimp ramen noodles that's that's the i don't know what the flavoring is in that it there's definitely no shrimp in it um and there's no i've never had shrimp in ramen noodles but just a well, little nothing actual in it there's nothing I mean, actual in it yeah it's i mean um but nothing i mean nothing that occurs in nature nothing occurs in nature there's there you go um <laughs> whenever when i was a kid when i was in high school i used to eat them all the time it would be once two three times a week something like that so college the same thing i did have a friend who used to who would go out of his way he went through college without ever having ramen noodles just as a matter of principle mm. but i mean uh no i used to eat ramen noodles all the time as far as those i also eat them i used to eat them dry it's a fun snack you can just yeah. op open it up pop it off and crunch it it's like chips um the seasoning obviously is where you come in contact now i now currently I've been to ramen restaurants and there it's delicious. It's yeah. exceptional. Yeah. Well, I know this is, um, this Vietnamese, not Korean, but have you ever had pho? I have not actually. I have not. Uh, I've heard a lot of people who like love it. it. Yeah. I've yeah. heard a lot of people do like it. Um, it's, it's essentially like ramen soup. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. All kinds of stuff in it. Okay. Like, um, but yeah, I recommend that. You ought to try that. And then, um, but on the subject of ramen, I remember like me and our younger brother, when we lived together, we would watch like Anthony Bourdain <laughs> or something yeah. and get all fucking inspired. <laughs> and then we'd go like cook up ramen and then like, I mean, cut up some leftover steak or chicken and cut oh, up some jalapenos yeah. and so I love ramen. No, it, I, I've, I've never done anything fancy with it. Every time I do ramen, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to make it pretty much like a, now I, now when I was younger, I would always break it up to have the smaller noodles. Then I stopped doing that. I just throw it in flat. And oh, it's a big, big, big mess. Oh, of it's better I, just put Oh, absolutely. Just the, <laughs> exactly. I don't crunch them up anymore. I haven't had, I probably haven't had ramen 
since I've been to a ramen restaurant. It's been a while. Uh, I haven't had the packages of ramen. By the way, um, I think it feeds 70% of our uh, prison population. I think it's one of the most prevalent foods in the prison system. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that or cupo noodles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I have some. in-laws that are outlaws, I guess. And, yeah, <laughs> I know what I you think mean. Cup of noodles and ramen are yeah, popular commissary yeah, items. I get it. I get it. It's easy to make. It's yeah. Yeah, and sodomy. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's a little expensive, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recommend the ramen though. But I don't know. That's just what I hear. Uh, different. Shows. Okay. Well, literally. <laughs> uh, Okay, so obviously this is called parasite. Yes. Um, something unwanted living on you, with you, yes. um, off of you. Yes. Uh, so the worst parasite I've ever had, besides my kids. Obviously. Uh, no, at our old house one time, we lifted up our dog's bed inside our, our house, and there was about a eight-inch centipede. Yeah. Yeah, in there so that was probably my worst parasite that i've had as far as you know un, unwanted visitor in my home so what what has been your worst parasite um whenever i moved into this house um we everything seemed fine and then a couple of days we're just like well there's there's sand on the ground oh wait it's not sand it's termites and we went uh, and if, if anybody oh. who's anybody who's had termites, it's a yeah. disaster. It's it's a mess. It takes forever to get rid of, and mm-hmm. once once you realize you have termites, you're constantly on the lookout for it. Now you know what mm-hmm. to look for. And termites are very susceptible to death, essentially. But it's it's one of those things. You're just like, oh, what a pain. Um, and yeah. then all of a sudden one day you're like, that wood looks funny. And then you touch it and it disintegrates and you're like, oh yeah. no. And, but, um, went through that, but we've been done with that for a while, but yeah, I've had termites are definitely the parasite that I go to. I've been like, oh, it's just so mm-hmm. inconvenient. Yeah. 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 They're ugh. Ugh. I've had them in our shop Oof. before. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah. It's a pain. All right, buddy. Well, I'm. I'll let you out of the basement slash <laughs> hot box. You're free to go. I gotta run up to the fridge and buy get something. Scare the hell out of a kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, before we go, Jake, what is your film rating of Parasite? Um, I I really like it. Uh, it's interesting. It's thought provoking. Um, there are actually a few moments of humor in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you're not opposed to uh, a foreign film or a subtitled film, then uh, give it a watch. It's it's good. It's entertaining. I liked it. Absolutely. And if you're an Oscar completist like me, obviously it's something you're going to have to catch up. It's one of the only best picture winners. It's the only best picture winner that's ever been uh, also an international film. Um, so do go check it out. I uh, I have it five out of five. It's, it's, it's an all-timer for me. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, like one of the best movies I've ever seen. But it was one of those, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this thing is incredible. And it stuck with me. And every time I watch it, it confirms that it's really, really great. Um, like I said, it's on Hulu, so go check it out. Um, that just about does it for this episode of the Film Critic of the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. A little programming note. Uh, February is coming up. 
and we are doing our own version of romance mm-hmm. films. Uh, now, I mean, my wife is still on. Uh, I told her the lineup of what we got going, and she's still unhappy about it. Like she's no, no, you could As, do minus two. <laughs> no, you should do actual romance films. It's just like, well, this yeah. first one we're gonna do. I'm, is- like, I'm not doing love actually. <laughs> we're so we're gonna do our version of romance films now we're going to start it off with a banger of a film and a very romantic uh sweeping romance uh last the mohicans he does dallas <laughs> oh uh, sorry sorry yeah insight yeah deep throat right after debbie does dallas no we're doing uh yeah. last the mohicans um a very romantic film in and of itself uh we'll get into the romance of it but we're mostly get into the chance to talk about how dreamy daniel day lewis is uh so mm-hmm. we will do that next week and we'll be doing romance-esque movies all uh, all month um so you can follow me on twitter at neb has been on letterbox and debate 10 on instagram at ben miller movies check out my website icecreamforfreaks.com follow my other writings on the film experience and cinema scholars i'm doing some reviews of the uh shorts uh short categories um i'm doing live action short this week of the uh, the the five different nominees, and I'll do the other shorts. I do that every year after the Oscar nominations are out. I'm also going to be on another podcast, uh, a film, uh, a podcast called uh, "The Lone Acting Nominees." I've been on it before, talking about uh, a, a single acting nomination from a year. I'm talking about a movie called "The Cooler." With Alec Baldwin, what a week to talk about Alec Baldwin! Um, you can find me on those other pods. As I'm the Dave Lewis podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you? Nobody can find you. Are you down in some basement of some rich, architecturally interesting house? Mm-hmm. Hey, if I'm hiding underneath a house, I wouldn't be the first person in our family. <laughs> you are correct there. That is it. That nailed it. That's a little, little, little inside baseball for those. We want to explain. <laughs> Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Create a Common Pod. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. We will catch you next week when we get to the last of the Mohicans. Thank you so very much for joining us. Sick!